Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Welcome to Working in Yoga. This week, I'm talking to Stephanie Tenser from Studio Poe in Toronto, and we are talking about her experience over the last 15 months of running a yoga studio during COVID. So here's a little bit about what we talked about. We talk about how we both came to yoga because of physical challenges, but loved that there was so much more to the discipline than just the physical practice. We talked about how online has been interesting and how we've loved it over the last year. And we also talked about how creativity is key in running a yoga business. So I know you all are going to love this episode, especially those of you who also ran a business during a global pandemic like we did. So take a listen. Welcome, everyone, today. I am so thrilled to welcome Stephanie Tenser from Studio Poe, and she is going to tell us a little bit about herself and where her studio is, and then we are going to start talking about yoga and yoga studio ownership in the modern age. So hi, Stephanie. Hi there, Rebecca. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me, I am um, home base is in Toronto, Canada, and I have a small studio called Studio Poe. We've been running, when did we open? I think it's been about eight years now. And we are an Iyengar yoga studio. So myself and all of the teachers who teach here are certified in the Iyengar method. Yoga folks have the best stories about how we all got in this weird and fantastic industry. So tell us. Okay. Yeah. Well, it definitely wasn't my plan to end up as a yoga teacher. I will confess that um, right from the get-go. I was a city planner. I was city planner. City planning and urban design was my thing. I was really passionate about it, studying and working. And along the way, I ended up with... uh, severe back pain, like chronic debilitating kind of take over your life pain, Um, which, and I was fairly young. And so, you know, I tried all sorts of different things to try and get the pain under control and nothing worked. Eventually I had surgery. And after the surgery, the surgeon said, you have to do something like as part of rehab, you can do physio, you can do yoga, whatever. And at that point, I mean, it had been years of trying so many different things. And I, the idea of like being around sick people or broken people, 
so to speak, um, was not that appealing. And so I just kind of gravitated to this idea of going to yoga if it sounded appealing. And so I did. And I ended up in an Iyengar yoga class. Uh, a family member had recommended it saying like, my teacher is very knowledgeable. She knows a lot about the body. You might want to try it. So that's where I ended up. And it really kind of just took me it was like a whole new way of experiencing my body and learning from my body, being embodied. And I, yeah, I really connected with it. And then I kind of never looked back. I mean, for a while, I straddled both worlds, like using the yoga to try and get better, but still trying to work in my other career, what I had trained for. But every time I went back to work, I literally fell apart, like physically fell apart. I just felt like I was not built to sit at a desk and do that kind of work for the, that amount of time. And so at one point, I just said, like, why am I fighting this? I love yoga. I love studying it. It makes me feel good. It's given me like, well, like at this point, you know, I had been years into my studies and I realized it's so much more than just physical benefit. So it's rich. Yes. So why not? So I jumped in in that way, continued with my studies and became a teacher and then eventually opened up my own space. So we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but you and I have a similar background in that way. So I was born with hip dysplasia, which means my hip was not in the ball and socket correctly as a baby. And by 19, I had severe pain because I had a job as a professional fundraiser and I sat all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, and I went to a doctor and the doctor said, great, you'll have hip replacement surgery before you're 40 because that's what happens to women like you. And a friend said, you should try yoga. And it was an Iyengar yoga class, Ooh. my first, yes. And so that's, I mean, and again, it's all of a sudden I was in the rabbit hole of yeah. this made me feel great and it, I wanted to learn more and especially Iyengar for, for, and I will just own that I'm, I tend to like the intricacy and the kind of, I'm going to call it a little, there's a little nerdiness in Iyengar yoga of like being able to figure out your body in a really intimate way that just got me at the beginning. So yeah, your story is very relatable. I concur with the nerdiness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it, especially at the beginning, if you give me something to think about and then hand me a bunch of books that I can deconstruct on my own, like... I, I was all in too, so I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So before I started recording, we were talking about your experience with your studio during COVID, which is something I think we're not talking about enough because it's been interesting and challenging and creative. And sometimes I cried, <laughs> like all kinds of things all at once. So will you tell us a little bit about how you managed COVID this year? Sure. Well, we, we shut down the space in terms of hosting classes in our physical space in, I think, the second week of March last year. And I very quickly, like I knew, okay, now we're going online. And it's not something that I hadn't considered before. Um, I mean, I wasn't set up to do it and I hadn't actually taught online before, but I've been pretty um, intrigued and like 
I can have fun with some of the ideas and technology. I'm not af afraid of it, or I guess. Um, and so I think, truthfully, I think diving into the transition from a physical space to a digital space just gave me a distraction so I didn't have to freak out about COVID. Like if I hadn't had that, you know, that the anxiety of like what is happening in the world right now, it actually gave me a way to channel myself because because um, those were stressful stressful days. Um, so I channeled all my energy into work, which is a bit of a pattern for me in that way. Me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, um, and. Yeah, we we went on, we took everything online and I was very fortunate that the student population was open. I mean, there are students who I miss who were very regular in studio that didn't just haven't, couldn't, didn't, wouldn't come online, but the bulk of the students did and that gave me enough encouragement and support to carry on. I started off just with myself and one other teacher teaching just a few classes. And then in the fall, I was able to bring the rest of the teachers on board. Um, interestingly, our schedule is significantly less uh, number of classes compared to in-studio. And that was quite interesting because the, the model, like what I was thinking is we'll offer less classes, but now we have this digital library. And so I kind of combined the two. And it was just interesting to see that eventually I was able to kind of be on par. I mean, 21 or 23 classes, something like that a week with a handful of teachers in studio compared to five classes a week in a digital library and two teachers at the beginning and we were kind of like bringing in the same amount of money and like keeping everything afloat yeah. in the same way. So that was a really interesting observation in terms of how things were going. That's incredible. I mean, I'm like proud of you. That's really amazing. I mean, cause many, I know a lot of studio owners haven't had that experience, but also haven't dove into the virtual platform in the way that it sounds like you did. Now, you and I know each other because we both use the same software and we have a mastermind program through that software. Marvelous. Hey, Marvelous. Hey, Marvelous. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, we love you. <laughs> but we, we have, I, I love to hear the stories of people who really dove into the online arena. I found it very create a very creative space online, which really for me is nourishing. And one of the reasons I actually wanted to chat with you today is because you've also talked about how it gets you, it allows you to be creative in your business. So can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, sure. So one thing I'll just preface that with is this idea of diving into the online sphere. It is liter. It was literally a dive, like head first, eyes closed, kind of thing. I mean, I was open to it, but really, I have no idea what I was doing. I mean, I think there's like a bit of a naivety. Just yeah. although, even at the beginning of my physical space, I remember in that first year when you know you don't have a large 
student population and every you're setting up your systems, everything. My, I remember repeating to myself and I, and this came up again in the early days of the online studio, fake it till you make it. I mean, just yeah, be who you want to be. And that was kind of yep. the, the mantra behind the scenes. So yeah. And that creativity I think the creative aspect of being an entrepreneur and combining that with, you know, my love for teaching and studying yoga is really what makes the business of yoga palatable. Like, okay, I love the idea of curating a message and Ooh, yes right like what how, I, I think that's why I like the idea of being um self-employed right so it's this is this is who is Poe who is this is who this is the vibe that we want to give off and these are the teachings that we you know can share and these are the the principles the whatever like all, all of that is now up to me unless yeah. you have a team <laughs> like of people helping you or whoever to convey and then I do enjoy um like I've, I have always enjoyed art design so I, I like some of those software programs so I get to use do that and because I came from you know a different industry before like I remember going into yoga teaching and thinking like, can I just be a yoga teacher? You know, like in an insecure kind of way, like, you know, I have degrees, I have this, I have this, you know, some of my family members, well, what do you do now? I'm a yoga teacher. Like, am I okay with that? Can that be, yeah. you know, I, I, when I was struggling with my pain and coming out of it and all that, I remember the job identity thing was, was a big deal for me. Um, and I, it's like, I can use all my skills. I mean, so many skills in the running of the business and then in teaching and dealing with people and dealing with teachers and all these sorts of things. It's, uh, it's quite phenomenal. So I like that I can draw on a whole suite of skills. Yeah, I can. The the yoga teacher self-identity thing is complicated, especially for some of us who felt that we were going to do something else. And I, I come from a family of professionals, like I have 22 first cousins, and I don't have one of them that doesn't have at least a bachelor's and at least half have master's degrees of some kind. And, and so I was like, show up at family gatherings. And I'm like, hey, I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> but it is, which is kind of sad to say, because what we do is so beautiful and what we can offer people is so intimate in a way that, you know, it's not the same as being a CrossFit instructor necessarily, or, you know, working in a gym and all those things can be great, but there is a real magic to what we do. And yeah, I totally use my communication studies degree now at 42, running my business and managing staff and all those things. So yeah, it can be really fun and creative. And also for all of you listening, you should definitely check out Stephanie's website, studiopoyoga.com, because it is beautiful, like legit beautiful. And I am 
in deep envy of your gorgeous thumbnails on all of your videos because they're awesome. So just have to tell you that. (laughs) So what do you love about running a yoga studio? Like what are your favorite parts other than working for yourself? I feel like we all have that. Like Mm -hmm. I love to work for myself too. (laughs) Hmm. I think it might, I think it kind of dovetails on what we were sort of just speaking on, but the, um, the variety of, of ways I get to use my brain and my body. So yeah, like teaching is my, my love, the teaching of yoga. And of course also the studying of yoga is really what I love to do. But at this point, and I, I didn't know it was going to be like this, but at this point, I do really get joy from this curating a message um, and being able to highlight and emphasize, you know, the points that I think are important in this, you know, like you say, magical um, uh, discipline that we have, right? That we have access to these tools. And so I think, I think that's definitely part of one of my favorite things, um, of course, also the connections, the connections with the students um, being, I always feel so privileged to be um, like involved or part of their yoga journeys. So they watch them, yes. their transformation, watch them, you know, uncover new things or maybe empower themselves in different ways. Bearing witness to that is, um, is really special. So it continues to feed me. Yeah. I love that. I feel that way too. The, the magic of the humans in front of you and watching them change is just amazing as we are in where I am, we are open again. So I'm getting to see more humans in person, humans I haven't seen for 14 months. Mm. And it's like finding long lost friends and then teaching their classes, realizing that their movement was also a long lost friend for them. Some of them having not practiced for a year and some change, coming back to a practice and watching them rediscover their bodies, rediscover how to move in space is just like, I could just stand there forever and watch that experience happen because it's just amazing. I just got, um like the hair on my arms standing up. I love, I love that. That's beautiful. I, um, it also made me think of, you know, one of the differences, which was really joyful to bear witness to between the online studio and in person is, you know, this, these students who were coming in studio and practicing, you know, they have lovely practices. It's meaningful. They have their relationship with their practice. Yes. But online, what we saw, myself and the other teachers, because we chatted about it, is all of a sudden these students were taking such ownership over their practices. Like, yeah, there was no, (laughs) like, comparing themselves to the person next to them. And, you know, as you know, in Iyengar Yoga, it's rare. There's never a one size fits all. So maybe, you know, you're teaching a pose and there's however many people in the room and there can be that many different ways of doing the pose. So you will, and you know, and sometimes it can be challenging for students to feel like they 
should do something a little different than the person next to them, but whatever, you have a long torso, short legs, you have short legs and a long torso, whatever, you are best served by adjusting. So to watch these students make good decisions for themselves and have the confidence to do that was so, uh, it was special. It was, it felt so good as a teacher to see that. Um, And it was a huge opportunity, like as odd as it was to transition to online, that kind of, I think kept us going and the students going, like kept us as teachers going and, eventually the students really, um, I think, embrace that as well. What a gift you've given them too, to be able to, a a gift of your own practice that's truly yours without feeling accountable to other humans around you is, that's a gift. I mean, I don't know what I would do without my own practice. Like, I don't know, honestly, what I would do without my own practice. And I know so many of us feel that way having students who now have this opportunity to really, like you said, have ownership of their practice is awesome. Like I love the online space for that. A hundred percent. And I, I think my teaching has changed as a result of that. I do think that the style of teaching um, and I, and I'm happy with the direction that it's gone, but it, it's much more about um, giving students an experience like an opportunity for them to reflect and discern for themselves, like what's happening right now and how, where do they want to go? Like within the parameters of a group class. So, you know, there's guidance, but whereas as a more junior teacher, I may have been a little more focused on, you know, outwardly positioning or alignments or what have you you know now it's still there like those are that's how I've been that's how I grew up in yoga I mean those principles are important but the online sphere just kind of pushed me in that direction of providing an experience like exploration and experience those are the two words that I think of like that come up for me So my word for 2021 has been experience. And I think partially because yoga as a business is complicated and really messy. And so for me to show up and feel like I felt good about what I was doing, I had to make sure that what my business was surrounding was something other than yoga. So I've told my staff this, what we are is we're selling experience. We're able, like you said, to curate a message, which is just like, it was such a good quote. I wrote it down. Actually, I love the idea of curating a message is what you said. And we can curate this experience for people and they can come in and we'll get, I, I tell my teachers, yoga is a gift. It wasn't ours to sell anyway. Let's, let's do something where we're saying experience is what matters. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So before we go, I do one of the things at the end I have people do is say a self-care technique that you use for yourself, because oftentimes we yoga teachers and yoga professionals, we are caring for others and we forget sometimes to care for ourselves. So what is your favorite self-care tip? All right. Well, two things come to mind, if that's okay. 
Yes. <laughs> so the one, so yoga is a huge part of my self-care. And as um, a teacher, it's like you say, it's very easy to care for others, but dedicating personal practice time and space that has nothing to do with my students as much as I love them. <laughs> uh, that's non-negotiable and really, really important. Um, so that is yeah. definitely, you know, not letting that slide, um, understanding that the personal practice ultimately is going to feed my teaching anyway, but not letting it be um, dictated by what my students' needs are. So that's, that, and that keeps, I find that a source of creativity, a source of joy, and then also health, you know, physically, like makes me feel good, mental health, physical health. Um, so that's kind of my yoga self-care tip technique um, and then the other one is late these days is get outside and I recently we recently my husband and I recently adopted a new dog um, a two-year-old uh, terrier mix who came to us from Iran from a rescue who deals with Iran uh, dogs Aww. from Iran and spending time with this dog has just been like oh my gosh, huge amount of self-care. Like he was terrified when he arrived and just seeing him, you know, gain confidence and become just watching him change, like literally minute by minute and the love that he's willing to receive and the love that he's willing to give all that has, he's, it's really filled me up with joy and um, some lightness that, you know, in times like what we've all been going through is much needed. Those are my self-care. Oh, they're lovely. And I couldn't agree more with both of them. Oh, and also I saw your picture of your dog on Instagram and it's very <laughs> cute. <laughs> very, very cute, like ridiculously cute. I um, <laughs> tend to post only about yoga, but now it's going to be yoga and dog. <laughs> Band joke. That's perfect. <laughs> so before we go, make sure you tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram and online. Yeah, sure. Um, StudioPoYoga.com, that's the website. And from the website, you'll be able to pretty much find everything else. Um, but we're on Instagram and Facebook. The handle is at StudioPoYoga um, for both of them. And then I also have a YouTube channel, which is just my name. So it's Stephanie Tenser. You can search for that. Um, I'm in the process of getting it linked up to the website, but it certainly can be, it's linked in the Instagram and Facebook. And on that channel, it's kind of a newish channel. I'm just building it up, but I am putting some, a bunch of practices. So it could be like 20 minute practice, 30 minute practices. And yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for this conversation today, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that you came on and we have a lot in common, so I'm just happy for us to chat. Yeah, me too. This was super fun. Thank you so much for inviting me, Rebecca. Thanks again, Stephanie, for joining us. Check out her YouTube channel, Stephanie Tensor, or head to her website, studiopoyoga.com. We are grateful that you shared your story with us today. Next week, we are talking to Joe Bregnard, a self-care expert. She is talking all about how yoga teachers are caregivers, and she has the best tips for all of us to use in creating our own self-care revolution. See you then.